Hello there, friends. Today you are going to listen to Communication Mastery by me, Praise Mogriza. It's a podcast where we have a conversation about communication, networking, and how you can start employing them in your life right now. And welcome to episode two of Communication Mastery. And if you are as ready as I am to elevate your communication skills, then you should be super excited about this particular episode. This time around, we will focus more on practical stuff, things that you could start implementing right this second. But also remember the title of this podcast, Communication Mastery. It took me a while to make the decision to call it that because the idea of mastery is one that is dear to me. If you read the book Outliers, by Malcolm Gladwell, then you know what I'm talking about. And if you haven't, you should definitely check it out. It's a book that we will talk about on this podcast in the near future. Uh, But the concept that I personally found fascinating was the 10,000-hour rule, which basically means if you invest 10,000 hours of your time deliberately practicing a skill, then you will achieve mastery at this skill. He develops this argument using a few studies on ice hockey players, violinists, and pianists, and how long it took for the best of them to achieve mastery. Now, the book, of course, goes in detail about this and and has a few other arguments complementing this one. But this is something that we could use with regards to communication. Deliberately getting better at communicating, but also understanding that it takes time. So don't think this is like a get better in 30 second video, uh, but more of like if you work hard at it with good practices and information, which I will try to provide, then you will get better at it. Now, last time I promised a review and perhaps a commentary on the book How to Win Friends and Influence People, uh, which is a self-help book written by Dale Carnegie, published in 1936. This book has sold over 30 million copies worldwide, making it one of the best-selling books of all time. Now, I don't know about you, but this is scary to me. When a book is being sold as fast as that, it worries me that if it doesn't have the right information, or maybe has plenty of misleading information, then this large amount of people are consuming this information thinking it will be beneficial, but instead might be the most destructive thing they will ever read. Now, I first read this book when I was about 11 or 12 years old, and at the time, I thought, other than the Bible, especially the book of Proverbs and Harry Potter, this was the most interesting thing I had ever read. It apparently broke down, quote-unquote, human nature. And to be honest, there were things that I found helpful in the book and things that I found absolutely manipulative, to say the least. But to start, like I will do for most of the books we'll talk about, I wanted to give a short biography of the writer Dale Carnegie. Dale Carnegie was born in 1888 and was a highly acclaimed American writer and professor. He was born in an impoverished family in Maryville, Missouri. Carnegie had a strong love and passion for public speaking from a very early age and was very proactive in debate during high school. By 1916, Dale conducted a lecture at Carnegie Hall. Carnegie's first collection of his writings was Public Speaking, a Practical Course for Businessmen. And this was published in 1926. During the early 1930s, He was renowned and very famous for his books and a radio program. 
when How to Win Friends and Influence People was published in 1930. It became an instant success and subsequently became one of the biggest sellers of all time. Now, Carnegie died on November 1st, 1955 at his home in Forest Hills, New York. Part of why Carnegie was interesting to me was because I have been to Maryville, Missouri. Uh, I did school nearby there in a city called Mexico, Missouri. And I really got to see how impoverished it actually was, and maybe even why and what exactly in a place like that would turn him into a guy that many say is knowledgeable about these matters. Um, I think we have enough of his background, and I think it's high time we get into the book. So he divides the book into four parts, and forgive me if some of these make you cringe, uh, just bear with me. Part one, he names fundamental techniques in handling people. Part two is six ways to make people like you. Part three is how to win people to your way of thinking. And part four is be a leader, how to change people without giving offense or arousing resentment. Uh, I will start with part two because it somehow offers a better introduction to the book than part one. The first piece of advice he gives is to be genuinely interested in people. Like, If you listen to the podcast, the first podcast, then you have heard me talk about this a little bit. But it is true, and to be really engaged in a conversation with anybody, you need to be curious and really want to know who these people are, things they know, places they've been, things you could learn from them, the list goes on and on. Now, a relevant point in correlation to this one uh, is in part one. He says, do not criticize, condemn, or complain. This is the more interesting part for me because I don't think this is necessarily true. But I also see the irony because I'm about to criticize Gundam and complain about his argument. Um, now, obviously, when you meet a person for the first time, you can't and sh- probably shouldn't do these three things because you don't know them, right? Uh, you're getting to know them. You're in the process. So um, why would you criticize, condemn, or complain to them or about them? But we also have to remember that part of communication is communicating things that need to be communicated. We all mess up and need to be criticized sometimes. So granted that you know these people, make sure to constructively criticize them um, uh, and things they do or say. But also be ready to be constructively criticized as well, right? Um, In addition to that, uh, we should also keep an eye out for how we criticize or how we say things they're doing wrong. Uh, We don't need to yell or raise our voices or say things in anger. Uh, we should put things kindly because you want the person you're talking to to leave saying uh, praise really cares about me or grace really cares about me. Um, that is what you want uh, from that interaction. Uh, as many of you might know, um, I come from Rwanda, uh, the beautiful, beautiful country of a thousand hills, uh, the most magnificent country um, in the world. Uh, and in a lot of families, there is a way they talk to each other that if you are from the outside, you might think they are insulting each other uh, or they hate each other. Uh, but it's actually the opposite. And I have heard from my fellow African brothers and sisters that it's pretty common. It's a pretty common thing all over Africa. And I use that example because about 45% of the demographic of this podcast is African. 
but this is a thing that a lot of cultures and families face. And so we all have to watch and be careful of insulting people, um, even though it may be normal to us. Another thing Carnegie says is let the other person do a great deal of the talking. Now, even though this might sound like good advice and you might be genuinely curious, but a conversation is primarily a two-way street. You want to contribute to a conversation. For example, if you're having a heart-to-heart conversation with a dear friend and you ask him or her uh, something they have been dealing with and they tell you something they've been dealing with, uh, it, will, it would better your conversation if you also share something relevant, right? something that you've been dealing with. Because then they don't feel like they're being interrogated or they're talking to themselves. It becomes a conversation, which is what you're looking for, right? Uh, in relation to this, Carnegie had another point, and this one I actually really liked. Um, he said, try honestly to see things in the other person's perspective. I remember I really internalized this idea of... Um, uh, of seeing things in another person's perspective. During a public speaking camp I went to at the age of like 16, right? And it really changed how I talked to people because then I started to try and get in their minds and get into character, if you will, and really understand where they came from in order for them to say what they said or do what they did. Uh, of course, uh, you know, uh, we're not going to go through the whole book and there's so many things I wanted to talk about, but... um. Uh, there, there was a part where he says, uh, remember that a person's name is to that person the sweetest and most important sound in any language, right? Um, I don't know about the cheesy ending there, uh, the sweetest and most important. Um, nah, but I do know people's names are part of who they are because they've been called this since they were kids, right? Um, so they're really important to them. I have a mentor uh in my life who has been who has given me uh, plenty of advice on on various things uh, his name is patch and he is one of the best people i've ever met in my life and he has this incredible skill of remembering people's names uh and part of why that is is because he repeats over and over um uh, their names not only during a conversation but every time he sees uh, a person as well but the interesting thing uh, is every time he says your name during a conversation, you pay you pay more attention, right? You somehow become more engaged, and you feel more cared about, um, and it just uh, it feels great, right? Um, so next time you're you're out there talking to somebody, employ this. Say their name a couple of times throughout the conversation. Um, uh, it's going it's going to, it's going to help you remember their names, and also make make them feel more engaged, right? Now, even though there are more things to talk about in the book, I felt like these were the most important things for us to cover for now. Uh, you know, kind of like an introduction to or a chapter one of a book. So if you have time, you know, I urge you to read the book as well. Uh, but be careful as you choose what to apply to your life because these kinds of books can be can be pretty dangerous if you're not careful what you internalize. <laughs> And we're back, back to what many listeners of this podcast call their favorite segment, which is a segment where I offer my body language advice for the day. 
The first one today comes from the book uh, we just went through, and it is something that Carnegie devotes a whole section to in the book, which is to smile. Smile because it is an action that in every country in the world means excitement, happiness, and joy. I mean, here and there is going to mean passive aggressiveness or creepiness, but most of the time it means happiness. So use that. Smile when you meet people. Show them you're happy that they're there and that you're happy to be there. But also, don't overdo it. Uh, you don't want to come up as a creep, but do it. Uh, spread that joy. Another piece of advice is to shift your whole body in such a way that you face the person you're talking to. I constantly see people talking to uh, people as they face them sideways. And to me, it is, it is kind of impolite. Uh, you want to uh, give a person respect, uh, the respect they deserve. And part of that is to face them and show them that it's them you're paying attention to and no other uh, so next time you are in, in an interaction, um, give that a shot and you will be impressed uh, with the results. Uh, now to end here today, uh, the takeaway should be one, genuinely be interested in knowing the other person. Two, be careful the advice you take from these so-called self-help books. Three, do not criticize, uh, but if you have to, make sure it is constructive and uh, you make sure that you have your own stuff as straight as an arrow. Um, four, a conversation is a two-way street. Five, use names to your advantage. Uh, six, smile. Seven, respect others by facing them with your whole body during a conversation. And last but not least, uh, eight, uh, which is Rwanda is the most beautiful country in the world. Um, but before we go, I got to tell you uh, about what we have next week, which is one of the best books I read last year uh, from the most famous intellectual of all time, Jordan Peterson, or if I might say, uh, Dr. Jordan Peterson um, and his book, 12 Rules for Life. So if you want uh, a notification about that, um, hit the follow button and you will get it as soon as it drops. So share this with your friends, family, and you, my friend, will hear from me again next week.